Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the Raptors of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there, I'm Dave, Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. Three generations strong, Sam's Meats and Deli has served Aurora for more than 40 years, owned by the Sam family. I'm proud to be joined today by matriarch Deborah Sam and her daughter Pamela Sam Duvall. How are you? Good, thank you. Debbie, your father, Wayne Sam, the eldest of eight children, he had $2 in his pocket when he arrived from China, had a dream of owning his own butcher shop. After 18 years of working as a butcher in 1973, there was a beef shortage, which created an opportunity for that. Uh, He came to California with family in tow. What kind of risk was that at the time? I believe that I was too young to really understand any risk. Yeah. I assumed we were all let's go back to California as a child. However, that didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, that's a bold move with four kids. Uh, What was the the impetus of that? Was there an understanding that there was an opportunity here that didn't exist in in There was an opportunity. He actually had a business partner that was getting ready to open or envision opening a big market. So my father, you know, sought the opportunity and came. And that opportunity never really, it didn't come into fruition. But he was waiting too long. I mean, the build-out took too long. So what he ended up doing is finding a little market. And it was Harmony Market at the time. Mm-hmm. It was a little family-round business then with the main focus as a meat as a meat display. So he took that on. And then all of his kids went to go work for him. Your, your parents raised a family and ran a business simultaneously. You started participating in that business at 11 years old. I, I can't imagine how challenging that must have been at times. Uh, what lessons did you take from your experience growing up and, and how did that translate as you became the leader of your own family and, and, and of the business? It was a challenge for all of us working together. It wasn't always fun. <laughs> There's a lot of sibling rivalry and I was on the younger spectrum of the of the kids. But he did teach us great work ethic and that family was really important. I believe that we all worked since the time I was 11. My younger sister, she was only nine. And then my older siblings, you know, I think maybe 16 and 15. So I think that was his way of actually watching over us and making sure that he could see what we were doing. It was, <laughs> it was not fun. It wasn't always fun because, I mean, basically all of us worked. We had one day off a week, all of us, yeah. from that time. So when Sam's happened, when that transpired, I didn't want my kids to have that same life. I wanted them to have a childhood. Yeah. However, they did all participate. You know, I became a single mom relatively early on when Pamela was like 10 and the other kids were six and four, something like that. But anyhow, they did have to come with me to work sometimes. Yeah. And they would help me clean up and they would help me do the things that needed to get done. Pamela, did you have a sense of responsibility early on to, to pitch in? Or at the time, was it just, I'm going to go hang out with mom and this is fun? Being the eldest of the family, you know, I definitely had some responsibility, you know, wanting to be helpful. 1982, Sam's Meats opened. There you are, 19 years old with your 22-year-old brother. Confident you knew everything you needed to know to run your own shop, I imagine. What was that experience really like when you first opened up and, and through those first few years? During the first few years, we did think we knew everything. We had no doubt that we knew everything you know failure wasn't even a thought we just did it as being second nature but it was hard because there's still sibling rivalry and my father was like 
the person who liked you to complain about each other. He, he <laughs> so therapists? <laughs> no, not necessarily therapists. Business you know, confidant? <laughs> he, he pretty much, I think that was one of the greatest lessons is he taught us that we had to work together. So he really didn't, he didn't come and dictate. He didn't take sides. He just made us work through it. You take pride in being one of the few family-owned butcher shops, not only in Colorado, but the country. Add to that uniqueness being women-owned, minority-owned. What is the secret not only to sustaining, but being successful for more than four decades? I never looked at, you know, the success of the business. I just did what I knew how to do, and I worked. Mm -hmm. And I worked to sustain it. I envision our new location is pretty amazing. I feel really fortunate because that was probably one of the scariest moves through everything, especially since I didn't have any other family members other than my kids to help. Like if I failed, then it would have been all my failure. It was, it was really frightening. But then the success is all yours as well. It's amazing. Yeah. I have to give that to everyone that works with us. Yeah. For my daughter, for sticking with me and the clientele, they're amazing. Raising and nurturing a family is hard. Running a business is hard. How are you able to manage both simultaneously? Is it possible to compartmentalize those relationships? I think for a long time it was really difficult. But, you know, I decided early on that what I would do, when I found out that you could close an additional day so you could spend more time with your kids, I mean, I took it. So I think it's a little insane that we only work five days a week in a retail business. But, you know, it really works. In fact, I think it's of great benefit to myself as well as everyone that works there. We know exactly when we're going to be off. We know exactly when we're going to work. And it helps them to develop their families as well. Uh, Debbie, put your earmuffs on for just a second. Pamela. Oh, um, where are my earmuffs? Oh, I was, I was being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like watching your mom growing up? And what kind of inspiration did you take from her work ethic and, and business acumen? You know, it's very admirable watching my mother, who was a single parent, thrive for her family. You know, she really did everything that she needed to, to be able to raise us and, you know, really be a great role model for us. What's easier to navigate, Debbie the mom or Debbie the boss? <laughs> That's a trick question. <laughs> no pressure. She's just sitting three feet from you with a striking distance. You know, our relationship is kind of Mix within, you yeah. know, like, I mean, we work together. She's my best friend. You know, okay. it's it's hard to say, like, separate who they really are because they're really the same. That's the beauty, though, of watching your kids grow up is you go from mentor and leader to you can establish a friendship with your children and watch them blossom in their own right. That's got to be very fulfilling. It is. You know, I'm really, really fortunate. Your mom had said that it wasn't necessarily her vision to continue her father's dream. Uh, was it a similar feeling for you? Did you have reservations initially about staying in the family business? I didn't think I would stay in the family business. You know, I went to college, studied hospitality, worked for country clubs, planning events. And then, you know, I realized that's where I needed to be. Your, your husband, Matt, joined the family business as well. Uh, how has that experience been integrating him into the Sam empire? You know, Matt actually worked there prior to us becoming an item, okay. um, but it it's hard to work with your family and your spouse. You know, I mean, you're always with them, um, but I think we all work as a team really, really well. Sam's doesn't feel like a butcher shop when you walk in. It's modern, it's stylish. It feels more like a boutique almost. Um, it feels like your current design is a microcosm of your offerings. It's 
quality, unique. It all feels very intentional. Is that an accurate assessment in the design of the space? Yes. I really wanted to create a space the whole entire time of our existence that you could walk into our shop and it's like you entered a different world. And yeah. I think that happened. Along with probably the most expansive selections of proteins, you offer an array of spices and sauces and so much more. Your customers are only limited to their imaginations, basically. D does your staff help educate the customers that are maybe not versed on on good cuts or meat of, or how to properly prepare them? Do you kind of serve as mentors to your clients? Oh, definitely. Yeah, our, our, our employees are great. I mean, they all have interest in culinary skills and are willing to share. The local butcher shop is unfortunately becoming rare. Uh, many people opting for big grocery chains or other outlets for their proteins. What are they missing out on by not coming to Sam's first? Because we offer such a variety and because we offer, we base everything on quality and a lot of uniqueness. You know, everyone has to be somewhere and our clientele is pretty expansive. I mean, people drive from great distances. We met a lady a couple weeks ago, I wish I knew her name, that she said, oh my goodness, my mom used to bring me here when I was like in third grade. And she drives from Brighton. Yeah. Someone told her about us. And I think I saw her every day since the first day that she walked in while we were open and bringing all of her family from Brighton. When you're in business for four decades, you can't help but become ingrained in the community. I imagine you have many stories like that of people who oh, have yes. major childhood memories attached. That's what does that mean in relation to, you know, your father's dream? I mean, that's gotta be overwhelming. You know, I wish my father were here to have seen what it has become. Yeah. You talk about offering quality, locally sourced proteins. How difficult did sourcing that product become during the pandemic and, and how are you able to sustain through those last three years? My goodness, most of the suppliers that we utilize are actually small family-run establishments as well, and they really catered to us. They made sure that we had the product. They worked really hard to make sure that we didn't go without. I mean, some of our some of our salesmen would even bring us product on Saturdays when, typically speaking, they would be closed. They'd go in to the warehouse and make sure that we were taken care of. It was a, a microcosm of kind of a spirit that we all had to adapt, and it was this idea that true community you know, we're, we all had to kind of watch each other's back to get through these last couple of years. Is that a tight knit community within the the uh, the protein industry? I guess not everyone. But yeah, the people that we deal with, we've dealt with for probably close to forty years. So they make sure that we're really well taken care of. They make sure they do what they need to do to make sure that we're being taken, you know, service. You have a 120 cubic foot display of exotic offerings um, from Australian kangaroo to Colorado's Himalayan yak steaks. Uh, do those exotic offerings go quickly? <laughs> yeah, we order that once a week, actually. It's pretty amazing what people are interested in trying. How do you even start to determine the demand on kangaroo or, or some of those other exotic meats? Like, how do you know how much to buy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they have something unique, I think the newest item would be camel that people have asked for. I mean, however, we just we do a smaller quantity and then we see how it goes. And it's amazing. You know, people that usually buy camel have never had it before. Right. But they just want to try it. So these are, you know, culinary curiosities oh. for a lot of people that just want to experiment and try something different, huh? Oh, definitely. Is, is there anything 
that's surprising to you in the exotic case that that moves particularly quickly? I think the kangaroo. Yeah. We saw a lot of kangaroo. Yeah. And rattlesnake, too. I mean, that's a pretty big one, too. We weren't able to source it for a couple of weeks, and it's amazing how many people ask about it. What, what do people use it in? What is it? Like, I know I've been to Buckhorn Exchange, for example, and they put it in like a queso. Is it eaten like a filet or, or how do how is rattlesnake consumed generally? Personally, I've never had it. Yeah. I've had it in the sausage because we do have a rattlesnake okay. sausage That's as right. well. And I can do that. If I'm going to eat rattlesnake as a whole, someone needs to cook up for me. Is there measures for conservation or do you make sure that you're sourcing these proteins ethically? Is there standards for that? Oh, the people that we source it from, yes, they have to. Uh, we kind of leave it as their responsibility. I mean, well, I do have customers that offer to go grab rattlesnake for me, but I, I don't know how to do that. That seems <laughs> like a liability. Yeah. Steve from down the street brought me six rattlesnake that he found hiking in Castle Rock. I don't imagine you could probably take that due to like insurance. No, <laughs> we wouldn't do that. Any of those exotic meats you just said, I, I, I won't try myself, you won't try? You know, my father is Chinese, so I'm certain I've eaten things that I don't even know that I ate. Mm -hmm. He didn't waste anything. You also have an array of seafood um, that you offer there that you boast about being delivered daily, freshly. How did how how do you manage the logistics on that? So I mean, we only bring in what we believe will sell that day. So I mean, most of our product is a wild caught item. So if they don't have it available, we won't be able to source it. Mm -hmm. um, but everything's sustainable as well. It's amazing. I mean, I sold fifty pounds of catfish fillets on Saturday. It's just it's hard to tell what we will and will not sell, but I mean, we just don't over order on it. You uh, haven't just witnessed the evolution of Aurora over the last 40 years, you've been a part of it. How has the city changed over the years and where do you see it going? Gosh, I mean, your perspective when you're 19 to 60 is <laughs> pretty vast. <laughs> I didn't think about my surroundings too much when I was 19. We just went to work and we did what we needed to do. And then, you know, Goodness, it, it's just changed a lot. It's just busy. I think within the past few years, with housing being the way it is, it's even grown more. I mean, people could only afford to live in Aurora, maybe, mm -hmm. when they're looking. Yeah. So I I don't know what to anticipate as far as what the housing market's going to be like and how things are going to change. It seems like a, a, there's a great opportunity. You know, we've talked about the established customers that you have for being in business for over 40 years, but now you have new people that are discovering Sam's. Uh, they've got to be pretty passionate about it. And I imagine you have a lot of locals that swear by by your shop. Yeah, we have a ton of regulars. I mean, they come in certain day every week, you know, um, and I think word of mouth is the best advertisement. Do you have offerings that you're particularly proud of or that, that like you absolutely on your, your personal time have to take advantage of? I, you know, for me personally, I mean, I either want to stay. So the Kanyas are huge. They're fun. They're new. And I think the, the light ribs, that's what you guys always bring home. <laughs> your father passed away in 2016. What, what do you think he would say to you, not only about keeping his dream going, but, but making it continuing thriving family endeavor. He would be very proud. He would be proud that Pamela decided to take on the reins. You know, I believe that one day, I mean, I don't work as much as I used to, uh, and I didn't ever think that was possible. You know, I someone asked me, what would I have done if Pamela decided not to step in? 
I said, you know, I'd probably be working until it ended because I couldn't imagine selling it. I'd want it to stay in the family. And I imagine that's part of the plan, that you take the reins and, and lead it into the next four decades. Yeah, that is the plan. <laughs> I, I'm very grateful that you guys are here on a Monday. I know that your day off. I know it's your, your family time. How important was it for you to find that balance between the, the grind of running a business, but also making sure that you stop down to reconnect with your family? I don't know if I did a very good job, but I tried. You know, I tried to balance all of that out. I, you know, I would make sure that the holidays, and Pamela doesn't remember, maybe, because I said we're always closed on the 4th because the fall is on Tuesday. I mean, you base all of your holidays or your business on your holidays. Mm -hmm. So we closed on the 4th of July and we always closed extra time on Thanksgiving. So we had some more downtime. But, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't had a vacation like everyone else has had in probably at least over 20 years, like a week off. I haven't had that. So my kids didn't receive that. Yeah. Well, it's much deserved after four decades. I hope yeah. <laughs> I hope maybe in the in the foreseeable future, there will be a chance for you guys to disconnect and go on like maybe a family vacation or maybe you just go to a spa resort for a no, week and hang I'm out. I'm doing that this this year. I'm going to go on a cruise. Oh, nice. So I'll be gone for 10 days. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of the holidays, just curious, you know, you know, Christmas comes around and you have all these orders for prime rib, I imagine. Did demand change during the pandemic? Did you have to really navigate the, the demand during that time? Oh, my goodness. We were we were so busy. I think that when it first began, we thought I would say it was March 15th. That's what the day in line for me. Mm -hmm. Because I thought everyone must have got their taxes back early because I said, what is going on? People are ordering outrageous amounts. We were working from 7 in the morning until sometimes after 10 o'clock at night, just trying to fill orders that were coming in. We had no idea what was going on until, <laughs> until later that week. We had no idea. People preparing for what might have been a long-term shutdown. Yeah. How did you survive that time? How did you get through it? Like the longest time ever, I think reflecting back, it was really only two months that we worked crazy hours. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we just had to navigate how we were going to handle business. We stopped taking pre-orders because people were waiting two to three hours in line outside of our doors to come in. And we're all pushing around carts because people are getting 50 pounds minimum of meat. <laughs> like yeah. That's a testament to what you <laughs> offer, though, because... You know, when push came to shove, they said, I had to get my Sam's before, you know, I can't. So, I mean, that had to feel, obviously, in hindsight, after it was all done, it had to feel pretty good that, okay, there's an established community yeah. that values what we do and needed it to be a part of their life during this very traumatic time. Yeah, we, and I think that actually people discovered us. Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people discovered us that maybe didn't know about us. I highly recommend that you discover Sam's Meats in Delhi. They're at 2300 South Chambers Road in Aurora. You both are gyms here in Aurora. We're, we're so grateful for what you do. Thank you for your service to the community. Thank you for your business. Thank you for your family, which is a true testament to the American dream. Kudos to, to you and your family for all your hard work and effort and know that it's not unnoticed and it is appreciated. Thank you. You can explore their offerings online at denvermeatmarket.com. 
And make sure to follow on social media at Sam's Meats. Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado, and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250 plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.